0: What's up, wrestling fans, trading card collectors? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Cards, the podcast. I'm your host, Zan. You can check me out on social platforms at Zan Morning. Links in the show notes if you need help with that. Today we've got part one of my interview with Chris Johnson, who's the Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan. Of course, he was Daniel Bryan at the time that we did this recording. But I think it's pretty good timing that he is now on top in AEW in the main events. People love to see this guy back, especially Chris. As I said, he's the Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, whatever you want to call him, super collector. You guys know I'm a sucker for people who have player collections that aren't, you know, Jordan, Hogan, LeBron, Flair, Tom Brady, etc. I like all those and I have a lot of those cards. But I like to hear about the people who collect other things. We talk about how Chris got into wrestling and his passion that he has for it, his entry into specifically wrestling cards, and why in the world did he start collecting Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, whatever you want to refer to him as. I'm already getting confused. We also talk about a lot of the aspects that go into being a super collector. For those of you who are unfamiliar, a super collector is basically a player collector but they generally want 100% of everything possible of that player, or in this case, wrestler. Before we get into that conversation, though, if you want to further show your support for all the content I'm putting out, make sure to check the show notes again. Links to my YouTube channel, which I would be grateful if you would subscribe to and check out all the awesome videos and interviews I have over there. Links to all my social platforms, as I said, at Morning. if you want to follow me on whatever social platform you want to find me on. Links to the other podcast I'm involved with, Worlds Collide, myself and Tony Vela having a blast over there. And of course, Patreon, if you would like to become a member of the Wrestling With Cards community and have some exclusive videos, have your voice heard on the direction of the content. You want to join the booking committee? That's a thing on the Wrestling With Cards Patreon page. But let's kick it to the conversation with Chris Johnson. What's up, everybody? We've got Chris Johnson on here today. Welcome to the show. Hey, that's uh, thanks for having me. I kind of pulled you out of I don't know out of nowhere and I was like hey let's do this interview because you've sparked something that really piques my interest that I like to talk about but before we get to that just tell people who you are what you do and how you got into wrestling
1: yeah for sure my name's Chris I'm from the the mean streets of Spring Lake Park Minnesota just outside of Minneapolis maybe not so mean (laughs) Um, yeah but uh, I got into wrestling I don't even remember I've been into wrestling my entire life uh, since long before I could remember, um, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of the people in my family like wrestling and that's just kind of how it started. Um, but yeah, I got in the cards maybe around 1990, it would have been the, uh, classic WWF, uh, series two, the, yep. the WrestleMania cards. Um, we had a, a convenience store about a block and a half away that would sell those cards and sticks of WWF gum. Uh, the gum was, was horrible. It was sour. And awful uh but i needed it because it was wrestling so i'd get a stick of gum every time we'd go there and a pack of cards or a pack of the stickers uh whichever one they had in stock at the time and uh that's how my my love of wrestling cards began so
0: it's 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 been a while so quick question on the gum because i'm wondering if you're actually chewing the same gum that i've been talking about for a while was it the sour gum that had the little the paper card in it yes yes oh my gosh that i love that stuff like there was a there was a dime store that's in the middle of nowhere and when in the summertime we would go to like the creek or the river or something for some you know just go swimming or whatever we'd always stop by there and they had it for 10 cents and i I was like the the gum i don't care about but i want these cards cards i I hated the gum it was so sour
1: and uh, it was just ridiculous but yeah the cards card yeah
0: so I brought you on here because you are a daniel bryan player collector and soft spot in my heart for player collectors or people that have kind of interesting projects that they're working on so what got you started down the daniel bryan player collector rabbit hole so i've been
1: following uh daniel bryan's career for a long time since he was in ring of honor um as brian danielson i guess and then uh I started getting hardcore collecting into cards again around 2011. Um, so I've collected cards my entire life, but I was never really a hardcore collector. I'd buy packs here and there, maybe a box here and there. But around 2011, uh, for whatever reason, I saw a pack of the, the 2011, uh, I think, classic series at Target, and I bought it. Uh, I pulled a Daniel Bryan and a CM Punk and a Caitlin. Uh, so I collected all three of them uh, at first when I first became a player collector. Um, then eventually, I, I sold off most of my Kalin cards and stopped collecting CM Punk, but Daniel Bryan just stuck. Uh, he's my favorite wrestler. I think he's the best, uh, and that's why I aspire to be the Daniel Bryan of Daniel Bryan card collecting, I
0: think. I've actually seen that's kind of surprising to me, not because of who he is or anything, but as far as like either just modern collectors or wrestling collectors in general, I really don't see that many player collectors. So when I saw you constantly posting on Twitter, I was like, man, I got to talk to this guy. So how, are, how many other Daniel Bryan collectors are out there? Because most of the time, from what I know, if you start collecting a player, you start meeting the same kind of people because you're all chasing the same cards and kind of talking same circle.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I actually don't know. Um, so oh, I buy the okay. cards on eBay. So it's all anonymous. I can't track the, the buyers down and, and, and try to try to finagle the cards from them. Uh, so I actually don't know how many Daniel Bryan collectors there are. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen too many on, on Twitter. I guess I did message with the guy on eBay who had a, who had a decent printing plate collection, um, but I don't, I, li- I like the printing plates, but I don't really, really chase after them that much. So.
0: That's why I was getting ready to ask because some people do consider those, like if they're a super collector, they want everything they can possibly get. Is that kind of what you're going for? Or do you have, I guess more of a relaxed approach, just picking up stuff as you go.
1: Yeah, it depends. If I can get, like, if I can get printing plates for a decent price, I'll pick them up. Um, there are only really two printing plates that I'm chasing. It's the 2016 then now forever, because I have the the rainbow of the, the actual cards and I have two of the printing plates. But otherwise, if, if I see a printing plate for 20 bucks or less, I'll, I'll pick it up, but I don't really, I don't really go after them. I'm not sure. I consider them cards. I do consider them part of my collection. Uh, so I can count 914 Daniel Bryan cards that I have. And uh, the printing plates are, are included in that.
0: Do you have any way online? I know some people use trading card database to do this. Is that what you use to keep track of yours as well?
1: Yeah. So I have, I have a spreadsheet. I have my Google sheets and I use the trading card database. Uh, according to that I'm 52.3% complete. Um, well, there there's a lot of printing plates I don't have that are included in there. So, I like Are it. you the
0: number one Daniel Bryan collector on there, I'm assuming? I assume so.
1: I don't know how to check that. I was kind of uh, kind of poking around. I didn't see. I know he's number one in my collection because that's all I put in there. but right. I, don't know, I don't know if I'm number one in the world. I like to assume I am.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you've got that many cards of him, I would say that's a pretty good shot. There's a way to do it on there because I've seen some other people post you know, and it, once again, getting into player collecting, uh, I can't remember the guy's name on Twitter, but he's like a huge Cecil Fielder like collector for baseball, and I'm like, man, that is just awesome that somebody picks. I'm not, I'm not gonna say he's random, and neither is Daniel Bryan, but it's not like that tippy top guy that you expect. You know what I mean? So that's why I wanted to talk to you. So what, what are you seeing? What's some pros? There's pros and cons to collecting both. You know, any type of kind of oddball obscure player collection or a team collection whatever anytime you start down that rabbit hole you're going to run into some really good things that help you be like this is why i collect but then you're also going to run into some cons so what are some pros of being a player collector yep the pros uh just specifically in my little my little
1: daniel bryan player collection is that like you mentioned on your live stream that that he's not a superstar but he is you know he's well respected within the wrestling industry. He's well known within our, for sure. Within our, yeah, within our little universe. But he's not a superstar. So in that sense, if you're collecting on a budget, you can get, you can make, uh, you can build a great Daniel Bryan collection for not a lot of money. Like if you're collecting Hogan, it's gonna be you know tens of thousands of dollars if you have, you know, the 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 the, the equivalent of the Daniel Bryan cards I have. Uh, so that's one pro specifically for for Daniel Bryan. Um, or similar similar wrestlers, players, what have you. Right. Um, the biggest con, I guess, would be the obvious one that you're never going to be able to collect everything. It's, it, it, you know, um, it's just, it's almost impossible. I guess it is impossible. But uh, that's something I had to come to grips with a long time ago because when I started collecting Daniel Bryan 2011, 2012, it was possible to get everything. Um, and that ship started to sail around. You know late 2013 when he started really 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 taking off um so that's so that's that's kind of a that's that's a big con if you're a completist or or you know if you have perfectionist tendencies which which i do
0: right but i, I think know anybody about- does actually when you get into one of those little niche projects like that and you're not just a set collector or if you don't want like hey i want the psa 10 blah 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 you know whatever if you're not one of those two guys you're kind of working down one of these rabbit holes in a collection so to kind of piggyback off that though you kind of spawned a question do you think that's actually a good thing though because if you're a completist and you're a player collector you're going to constantly be on the hunt
1: yeah yeah and that, i mean that's the fun part you know kind of kind of you know i'm on ebay multiple times throughout the day hopefully my boss doesn't watch this and see <laughs> that but I have, I have the alerts the same searches i'm always on ebay um and if there's a daniel Bryan card i need i, I will buy it um Hopefully I get a good price on it. Um, But yeah, that's part of that. that, That's the fun part. And, you know, and one of the, another, another big pro is the high when you pull uh, your player, your player from a box. I've only done it twice. I've pulled two Daniel Bryan autographs, but the high was just intense you know uh, even even though one of the cards was from 2020 chrome i already had two copies of that autograph but i pulled pulled another one on christmas and it was just uh, the, the elation was you know it was it, it was great um and so that's that's a big that's a big pro and that's part of why why i do it i guess uh it is there's a beautiful irony in collecting daniel bryan and all the all the daniel bryan merchandise i have beyond just the cards and that Like he's not a capitalist and he, I don't think he would approve of someone (laughs) saying amount of money on his, on his stuff. Uh, That's a little funny, but it is what it is, I guess. Um, But yeah, I guess, uh, I guess another con would be, I don't want to say price gouging, but I'm going to say price gouging because I can't think of a better term, but like, I think, you know, there's a little bit of a target on you if you collect um, a certain player and people want to charge, you know, 40 bucks for, for a, the, you know, a bronze parallel of something. And that's, uh, and I get tempted to buy it, but I never do. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of another con, but overall, I think, I think the pros are just, they outweigh the the cons by a long shot.
0: We'll kind of go off the beaten path a little bit. Uh, do you collect any other cards of so, anything? Right. Yeah.
1: I actually was a wrestling set collector for a long time. Um, And so I, so I collect, you know, all all kinds of wrestling cards. And I was actually thinking of uh, quitting that uh, altogether, but it was actually you uh, who tweeted me to say, you know, don't, don't, don't quit collecting, just evolve. Right. And that's kind of how I went back in the collecting, just Daniel Bryan. I figure I'm spending all this money on sets and all this money on, on Daniel Bryan cards. I can just spend all my money on Daniel Bryan cards instead. Uh, But I don't really collect a lot of other cards Um, in terms of wrestling. I guess I play or collect Allison Kay and and Piper Niven as well. I collect some baseball cards. I'm a a Minnesota Twins fan, unfortunately, Um, and so I'll collect some of those singles, but mostly mostly Daniel Bryan.
0: So since you were a set collector and you kind of know the different aspects of wrestling cards and the hobby... Uh, do you think there are any advantages to being a player collector over a set collector or just maybe a different way to do it? Like, since you've done both, how do you perceive that now?
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess for me, I I just like to focus my money on just the Daniel Bryan instead of what it's, what i spend on on boxes, trying to, trying to chase that set. I'm I'm a big fan of blaster boxes. I don't. I buy maybe hobby box per set, but I love the blaster boxes because a lot of times they'll have the store exclusives and whatnot. Um, So I think that's an advantage in that, you know, instead of, you know, buying 10 blaster boxes per set, I can just put that money towards Daniel Bryan. Um, I guess on the other side of that, there's, there's a little bit, I guess, of downtime if you're a player collector, where if you're, if you're collecting sets, you can just keep going until you complete that set. But if you, if you buy all of the 2020 Chrome Daniel Bryans, then you don't really have anything to do until until uh, the one of one pops up or until the next set comes out. um, But it's a little bit, uh, there's pros and cons both ways. Like I know Daniel Bryan wasn't in the the recent fully loaded set. So I wasn't, I didn't have to spend any money there. I didn't have to buy fully loaded cards.
0: I think that could be an advantage actually, now that you put it that way. Like if you're kind of sitting on the sidelines because you don't see anything you truly want, that is an advantage of a player collector or a team collector, you know, whatever because I think you can wait till like you said that one of one's gonna pop up and all of a sudden you've got this money that you haven't just been thrown away on nonsense that you really don't care about anyway and there you go you can pull the trigger. I'm sure that's happened to you a few times. Quite
1: a few times yeah, I see that one of one and I just pounce um, but I don't I don't buy I don't buy every one of one that I see um, I mean I could but I do want to be I do want to be slightly uh, responsible with my with my finances I do have the, the background in accounting so I, uh, I try to be a little a little,
0: uh, uh, Google, I
1: guess, but, uh, um, <laughs> sure.
0: that's me too. I don't hardly pay market price for anything. And, uh, I get, I get a lot of times people, if I'm like buying out a collection or something, they're like, you're just going to resell these, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, but that's part of business. You know, you're, you can do the work yourself on eBay, or you can just, you know, I'll take it from you and I'll do the work. So speaking of that, do you fund, how do you fund your PC? Is this just, uh, life money is it stuff you're selling? Like, how how does that work for you personally? So it's been a lot of just uh, my money uh, until fairly recently.
1: Um, I did start selling on Mercari. I sold a lot of uh, old wrestling shirts, and I made a made a cool cool uh, uh, made a cool net there. So I'm using that to to kind of fund my my cards. I never really looked at cards um, as an investment until relatively recently. Yeah, um, and so you know it, I. So what I paid for my Daniel O'Brien cards, I've gotten a ton of deals. I've gotten a lot of really good deals, um, but I've overpaid a little bit too um, over the course of you know the, a decade. Um, but I think overall, I think I'm I think I'm up. Uh, I think I'm up pretty well.
0: Do you think? Uh, well, I guess I should say, um, have you sold any of the Daniel Bryan cards to maybe move into another one, or is it mainly just duplicates you've sold? Any cool stories with that?
1: uh no i have mostly sold duplicates i uh um it's like uh when i posted that i was gonna be sorting through my 5,000 count boxes and a lot of people a lot of people wanted uh cards from there and and i get uh i get sentimentally attached to these cards which i shouldn't do but i don't think i could sell a daniel bryan like i have i have like 10 copies of his 2010 wwe um a lot of people think it's a rookie card because they're not aware of the, the the previous cards I have, I have a bunch of copies of that and I probably should sell them now that it's like a, like a five, $6 card, but I just, I can't pull the trigger on that yet.
0: Do you have any uh, graded cards or are you like, how do you store them? That's always something else that it's really popular with player collectors. Like for me, uh certain if i'm just doing like we'll say a hogan i just want like the best of the best i'll just have a few and they're slabbed but if i want to do like my dennis rodman collection that's all in binders and i don't care about the the condition of them so how, how do you how do you store and display yours yep so i'm a little in between
1: uh i did have everything in binders everything um which was just ridiculous with some of the one of ones i did have them oh yeah there, but I recently moved all my Daniel Bryans out. Uh, they're now in uh, shoe boxes that I got from BCW. Okay. So I, have five, I have five shoe boxes filled with Daniel Bryans. They're all in top loaders or uh, uh, one touches. I only have one, Daniel, uh, one graded Daniel Bryan right now. It's a uh, 2015 Chrome, I think the Shimmer Refractor. I, uh, I, think, it's, I think it's an eight. Uh, I bought it graded. I wasn't really into graded cards until fairly recently um so i bought it graded um i didn't care about the grade i didn't really care too much about condition because to me i don't think i'm ever going to sell any of my daniel bryans um i obviously want the best condition um but if there's a a pretty rare card and it's in crappy condition like a few that i've encountered recently um i mean i guess it's not the end of the world
0: that's how Um, i am i mean like i in my opinion if you are a collector like a player collector or a team collector or something like that unless there's a specific card you can't find raw and you need to buy it graded if you're not reselling i really don't see any purpose in grading because like even if in my opinion even if you got like a damaged or a fake card if you still need that card for your collection it's part of your collection and if you didn't spend very much on it then who cares like that's one aspect that i think grading like it doesn't have any place in if you're not trying to resell or if you don't have like super high-end cards do you agree
1: yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, yeah, I recently sent, uh, my first few cards in for grading, uh, a, a, a couple of Alexa bliss cards, a couple of Daniel Bryan. Nice. Yeah. And I was, I was, I was planning on selling the Hogan and the Alexa bliss, uh, to pay for more Daniel Bryan cards or to pay to get more graded. Mm-hmm. My thing is, uh, I, I don't, I don't care too much about the grade. I'm, I, you know, I want, I want a good grade, but I just like the feel of the slabs. I think that's
0: well and on some of the stuff my thing and i'm sure you know you've seen it on some of the videos it's authenticity especially on that older stuff like if, even if you're getting like a you know bgs psa sgc1 the fact that you know it's not a fake is worth it all right there because i mean we're seeing tons of reprints and fakes and all kinds of stuff popping up with today's technology recently have you ran into any of that with your daniel bryan stuff I don't think
1: no I don't think I have any fakes uh, I have gotten some damaged cards from from sellers who who were just uh, reckless thankfully a lot of the sellers bust out their best roll of paper towels to oh shoot. my yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I guess that's an interesting story uh, I bought a, a 2020 transcendent green Daniel Bryan autograph and the seller you know he wrapped it in, in paper towels whatever but you know some of them were some of them there were some stains on the paper towels i think i paid a little bit of a premium for some wow <laughs>
0: <laughs> one of one
1: <laughs> yeah one of one so that, that's that was a little annoying um yeah otherwise i don't know there's just a, a thrill in, in going out to the mailbox and getting a, an envelope with daniel bryan and just the best
0: that was part one i hope you guys enjoyed that stick around next week for part two of my conversation with daniel bryan brian danielson super collector chris johnson i thank you guys for listening if you enjoy this please leave me the dave Meltzer five-star review share this with a friend please subscribe and until next time keep collecting keep having fun we'll see you